Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast. Josh and Jell here on your Monday. We're recording on... What it do? Not a whole lot. We are recording on Sunday. Got some of our predictions. Want to touch on some of the game analysis as well. We'll run through on that. Give you some prop bets. That should be interesting. I know Jell's excited about those. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the only way I ever win money. <laughs> So, a boy <laughs> with my yes. bets. But before we get into college, we are recording right now during the Chargers Raiders game. Big playoff implications on this gel. But my intro question for the day today is I was watching the game and what in the world possesses a grown man to dress up as an ape and go to an NFL game? <laughs> um well, whatever that guy's on. <laughs> I mean, I it guess. is Vegas, so that's yeah. It's Vegas, so little, little bit of a you know, uh, how 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 does the how do they say it's a unknown white substance, white powder <laughs> substance? That's probably that's probably uh, suspect number I one. Just, it always just amazes me the people that go to games and wear masks because you're paying a ton of money to go watch a football game and then you're very limited by what you can see through a mask. So I appreciate the people that wear them and rock them the entire game, but I don't know. That to me just seems like a waste of money and like you're just trying to get on TV, I guess, at that point. I don't I don't really know. I, I, I just think like if you're if you're a grown adult like what are you doing (laughs) do better (laughs) no i I agree completely (laughs) we can be found yeah no i no i we just we just saw a really nice uh marcus mariota on a third and three take the take the direct snap and gained one yard so he's uh clearly still gonna be a backup yeah sounds sounds about right i mean uh, nothing out of the ordinary there Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just type in the search bar, Dead Arm Sports will be the first thing that pops up there. Subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. Send us a screenshot of that review. We'll get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. As always, write in any questions, comments, concerns you have about the show. Ask us anything. More than happy to answer any questions you want to hear a little bit more in-depth analysis about. Otherwise, Jell, going to turn it over to you. I heard you... Heard you fumbling around in the kitchen prior to recording here. What did you concoct? <laughs> I made myself a little margarita action. Uh, sliced up a fresh orange with my new uh, my new juicing tool that looks threat like a threatening uh, sex toy. Uh, it's got ridges and ev- and, and and cuts and everything. So. It, it, if you uh yeah i i'm not gonna try it that way but you know whatever some people may <laughs> uh but it is really but it was really good at juicing my orange and also my lime uh threw in some don julio silver and uh got myself a little and then a little simple syrup so i got myself a very very tall uh margarita here and then and then sidecar Miller Lite, just, you know, in case I feel like I need to dabble in a little beer. Did you throw in any simple syrup, though? I had to switch (laughs) it to... (laughs) Ran out of space on my original glass, so I had to switch it to a different glass to get... To provide any room for the simple syrup. So, not not the smoothest uh, drink here. (laughs) I'm not a bartender, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and we did, both of us separately, have our own Sunday fun days, so we are coming to you 7.48 local time, central time zone, so it's been... uh been quite the fun day for us. We've been, so. we've been, we've been rocking it for, for a few hours, I guess, at Yeah, this point, I think I'm right? at about uh, 7 hours and 49 minutes of going strong, so... Good boy. I am rocking the sweet sweet nectar of the gods a nice blue smoothie bush light so had to daddy uh, cap off the night in a good way here i'm into yes, that yes 
Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would much rather have that over a Miller. Hardly know her. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we jump right in again, we've got a big college football playoff preview for you. Had a big so golf dumb. tournament that finished up the. <laughs> Century Tournament of Champions at Kapalua, so we want to touch on that towards the end of the show, but we're going to kick it off. There was some transfer news, not anything major at this point in time. Zach Calzada, former Texas A&M quarterback, did transfer into Auburn to take Bo Nix's spot, essentially should be the starter there from day one. And and, and remember that Bo Nix transferred to Oregon. That's old news at this point, but... That's why Kelsada ended yep. up there. And I believe he's going to take his number because Nick's Bo Nix was number 10. I think Kelsada's going to take number 10 as well from what I saw from Auburn. So Auburn's moving on hard. They might not even notice a difference. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly. Grant Wells, former thundering herd quarterback from Marshall, he's transferring to Virginia Tech, so... Kind of interesting. CJ Williams, four-star wide receiver out of California, was committed to Notre Dame, decommitted, and is now going to USC. So just kind of another in the University of Southern California, I should specify. But yeah, another big turnaround for Lincoln Riley there. Right now, before I throw it over Stop. to you, Jill, it's it's a uh, Caleb. Uh, I was just gonna say Caleb Williams, Mario Williams, both taking visits there former Oklahoma players, so it's it's all coming together for Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's it, it, I think that this had to have been his plan. And it's a great it would have it's a great plan. You go out, you bring your your high end talent from OU, you move to USC where I mean, the state of California is just as rich of talent as any other state in the U.S., at least in terms of high school talent. So you, so being able to bring in all these guys that, and and again, C.J. Williams, he was committed to Notre Dame. He's from California. He's now at USC. This turnaround. For anybody that thought that this turnaround could take four or five years, it's probably going to be one to two years. Maybe this year or the following year for USC to be back into playoff contention. I mean, mean, right now, where would you throw USC into the mix in terms of... I mean, they have to already be the Pac-12 title favorites or do you throw utah in there still i mean yeah utah's losing some guys too so i think i mean your top three that's up for grabs right now oregon's going through a big transition right now too. utah and and usc they just lost crystal so it's kind of up for grabs right now and i don't Honestly, I don't blame Lincoln. There's no fault for him going after some of his recruits that he spent a lot of time, a lot of hours trying to get to go to Oklahoma. Oh, so oh, yeah. Of I mean, course, it's of course he should be going yeah, after these 100%, guys. Hundred percent. So you can't fault him for that. So it's no, it's it's interesting. It's I honestly, we talked about it on our bowl recap episode last week, but it's one of those that you want to see some team or a couple teams from the Pac-12 at least start to make more of a national impact because like we touched on the top four for so many years in a row right now has been pretty much two SEC teams ACC team and Clemson and then maybe an Ohio State gets in or somebody else so the Pac-12 has been very very (laughs) under relied on there there were the couple years with Oregon uh, went in and yeah but outside of that, but it's... Other, but otherwise, there's been nothing from the Pac-12. Yeah. So it's it's nice to see. It's nice to see a lot more parity where it gives everybody across the country a rooting interest in games. I mean, like we said, right now with the pa- or the top four this year, wasn't any interest from anybody west of the Mississippi. So it was. it's all east of that, and it 
again, we saw ratings for whatever reason. We got into that. Check out our last episode, but it it is what it is. But it's more fun when all of the conferences two million, two million yeah. less. That's not that's not a no, fluke. That's a lot of people. Not at all. Other big news before we jump into the college football preview is. Kevin Coleman, number 58 recruit in the 2022 class wide receiver, committed to Jackson State with Deion Sanders. Deion getting another top 60 recruit coming in for next year. Yeah, he he tweeted out something, you know, just like, I told y'all. And I don't know if that was like because he was like, look, I can do this. Or if he's like, or I, I don't know why this guy ended up ultimately committing to Jackson State. Could be money. Could be the fact that Dion is there. Could be the fact that he's going to start as a true freshman. Could be all the above. <laughs> Probably going to be all the above, <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, to be honest. But I I, I, I I still sit on this thought of if D, let's, I mean, honestly, if Florida State offers him a job, would he go there? That's a good and question. Is he telling and is he telling his recruits, "Come here, I'm gonna get you paid right away, and if I get this Florida State job, I'm bringing you with." No, that's that's a good question, and he could obviously. I don't think Jackson State is his end goal for coaching. I think he's got higher aspirations as far as getting into a perennial team that he can get to a national championship and everything i'm just more concerned with florida state they really did him wrong in their last coaching hire didn't even give him a shot at it so is that bridge completely burned i don't know but again i think he very could, well could, could you, see could him you, going could you somewhere blame else. dion no could you blame dion if he if he said f you fsu <laughs> like no i wouldn't blame like, him i mean He's somebody that wanted to coach. He's one of your arguably best <laughs> college athletes that came out of Florida State, had a great NFL career. Maybe maybe the best. Pro- I mean, honestly. He's got to be. I mean, I can't think of anybody. Probably their best of all yeah. time. So, And you don't even give him a shot. It certainly ain't Jameis. Yeah. So. Don't even give him a shot. So, no, I would not blame him at all if he was like, nope, not going there. So, yeah. No, I this is what it is, but yeah. no. <laughs> no, that I mean, but but good for Jackson State. That's pretty it's pretty cool. Yes. I like it's it's I don't know, it's dope seeing like HBCUs getting getting some of these high-end recruits, you know, and and hopefully 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 everything works out. We'll see. The 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 only thing about going and going to an HBCU, you know that you're not going to be facing high-end competition. So I don't know how that necessarily affects you as you're trying to prep yourself. I- ideally, like like you said, this is a we got we got the top recruit in the country that ended up going there. Now we have a four-star receiver that ended up going there. And shouldn't you be trying to prep for the NFL if you're one of, I mean, that has to be the end goal if you're a high-end recruit like that. So I wonder how, like, does this, does this end up hurting your draft, your, your prep for the next level it'll be something that's very interesting to see how that goes because i i agree completely with that take we haven't really seen this in the past before usually your top recruits go to some of the top five programs in the country so it'll be alabama georgia ohio state etc yeah, it it's interesting because like with you, the top with the top coaching with the top coordinators with the top everything. Yep. And again, like you said, they're not playing against the top athletes. Obviously, they're top recruits coming into this year, so scouts for the NFL will be keeping tabs on them, keeping an eye on them. But again, it's kind of hard to compare sometimes when you're at the same position as somebody else that's at a Power 5 school. And 
seeing kind of where you stack up and how you've progressed. Cause that's a huge thing. Like, yeah, you're a top five recruit, but there's still a huge difference between a college athlete going into or a high school athlete going into college versus a college athlete going into the NFL. There's a lot of years there where you need to develop some of your finer skills, develop other things that how is that development going? And that's something that obviously you have Deion Sanders as your head coach. We'll see where that ends up going, but it's well, well, like like you and I have seen that development as Badger fans. We've seen that firsthand, where like like Zach Bond, for example, was a two three star ish coming out of high school, ended up being a high end pick. Like it's going to be the same thing with with and it's been the same thing with a number of of Wisconsin linebackers. Jim Leonard walk on and ended up playing a pretty long career in the NFL for being a walk on coming into school. So <laughs> yeah, dude, he he was an all pro. Yeah. So like that college matters. I don't know. I. I, it, that's the thing that, like, I wonder if this is the right move for these kids, but it's it's for them to decide. So I'm not going to tell them if it's the right move, the wrong move for them. It's up, to, it's up to them to decide, but you can't say that Jackson State is going to be the greatest. Pl- Outside of Dion, you can't say that Jackson State's going to be the place to get you most prepped for the NFL. No. If that's your end goal. No, I I agree completely with that. All right. We teased it last week, had the college football playoff on New Year's Eve day and had the result of that. Georgia beat Michigan, Alabama beat in Cincinnati. You want our takes on that? Check out our show from last week. Had a full breakdown of those games, but we are here to preview it. It's tonight. I am excited for this game. Granted, these two teams met... (laughs) At the end of the regular season in the SEC championship, which we've seen, what, a couple times. This happened again in, what, 2017? <laughs> so, yeah, a couple years yeah. ago, yeah. So Alabama ended up beating Georgia, giving them their first loss of the season, 41-24. That, uh, that, that was the Tua breakup. Tua, yeah, came in to take over Jalen Hurts' role through the touchdown pass, the walk-off to Devonta Smith. So, yep. Absolutely. Insane amount of NFL players. Like, are you kidding me? Alabama's backup came in, or Alabama's backup came in and was a was a top six pick. Yeah. That's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> this was <laughs> like, the what? first game, too, was pretty much the one that Bryce Young sealed oh. up his Heisman, threw for 421 yards, three touchdowns. This game was one that it wasn't close from start to finish. Georgia lost by 17, and it could have easily been more, it felt like. Alabama could pretty much do no wrong in this one. So it is it is what it is, and Georgia's putting that behind them, had a commanding win over Michigan. So it'll be, be interesting, and yeah. Uh, any just kind of initial takeaways from that SEC championship game before we kind of go into what each team will need to do to win? Yeah, I, I, we there, there's so much, there's just so much history about Nick Saban beating his former yep. coaches, just like there is with Belichick beating his former assistants. So it, it, it didn't surprise. I mean, yeah. Georgia had always been, you know, it was all season long. It was Georgia's the number one team and everybody else is at least a full step below them up until this game. This or the 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 SEC title game. And Alabama just fucking just they just demolished them. I I don't I don't know what I I don't have much more of too much of a takeaway beyond that. I mean, they 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 just destroyed him. That that's it. I <laughs> that's guess that's the tweet. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's yeah. I mean, Stetson Bennett three touchdowns, but two interceptions, and again, a lot of it was in comeback mode, just trying to get the ball down the field and somewhat get back into this game. So both teams that was water. are having to 
travel to Indy for the national championship game. First time that the national football or the college football championship game is played in the northern hemisphere above the Mason Dixon line. Usually it's all games that are below <laughs> that. So it's it was you cool. Historian. I just thought it was fun. I saw a couple articles with Nick Saban pretty much telling his team like, yeah, this is the coldest it's going to be from the walk to the plane to the bus because Indy's very well set up for this. There's a lot of tunnels, a lot of buildings that connect from one to the other. So Indy, I've been there personally for the Big Ten Championship game. I don't want to talk about the game. It was very frustrating, but it was a lot of fun. It was a great town to have a college football game in. Lucas Oil is a beautiful stadium, very well built. It's very fan friendly, so it'll be it'll be fun. I'm sure both of the SEC teams that are there, their fans are going to have an absolute blast in Indy. You bring up you bring up all the you know. Every everything in Indy, you know, with the with the hotels that connect to the stadium and everything is basically connected through this like I don't I don't know what they call it sky skywalk sky or something or, like that yeah skywalk like that yeah. to that effect yeah and and that's that's exactly okay <laughs> that's exactly how it's gonna be for the for the combine so. This is just one because because the combine's always held in yep. Indy, and all the players, all the media members, all the coaches, all the all the probable, I mean, all the boosters, everything, everybody's held in this little like uh, like conglomerate of within Indy where every but but it all connects ends up connecting to the stadium. So this is it's almost like this game is a connection or it's almost like this game is like a preview to the combine. Like the letting these kids know hey, this is what the combine's going to be like, so get prepped now for it. But uh, no, it it should be it should be strong. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be fun. I'm I'm excited for it. So, all right, Joe, let's kind of get into our breakdowns here, and I'm gonna kick it off with you, and we're gonna play a fun little game here. It'll just be a two question game, I guess. But fill in the blank here, and kind of give a little bit more insight if you want. But Alabama will win the national championship if dot dot dot. If Bryce Young can play the way that he's played all season through the air, I think that Georgia, Georgia's front seven is stacked and really, really fast. So if if the plan, and Nick Saban obviously knows this, but if the plan for Alabama is to have, you know, run some of these, you know, shotgun uh, option reads it's not gonna work it that I, I I really don't think that's gonna work because you're gonna have you're gonna have those two you're gonna have uh you know your front the front four of Georgia plus you're gonna have a super super speedy offense or uh middle linebacker plus two guys on both ends that are super fast and super physical I don't think that 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 zone read kind of thing is going to work. Yeah. You can, you can run that, that, that running back straight up the middle. That's probably going to be your best option for running the game or running the ball, but zone reads, I don't think is going to happen because I don't think you can run the ball outside of your, outside of your two, your, your left and right tackles and be able to succeed. I just don't I don't see I don't see any success there. So I think for them to be able to succeed, and they are out John Mechie. He tore his ACL, yeah. so he's out for this game. So I think they're I, I think Bryce Young is gonna have to really show that he can throw the ball. 
I think that's the only way that, that Alabama can win this, at least on the offensive side. On the defensive side, I, it, it all comes down to pressuring Stetson Bennett. If they're going to keep Stetson Bennett in there, then you pressure him, and that's when he's going to make mistakes. Michigan did basically nothing like that in the first game, and that's how... And Bennett was so Bennett had time and he was able to throw the ball around relatively comfortably. If they're able to pressure Bennett and you know the entire first half, then then if Georgia goes and brings in JT Daniel to as you know, like an emergency, you know, emergency recovery quarterback. Do the same damn thing, cause he's not, you know, he can throw a sweet ball. But if you, but he showed it at a uh, USC. Once he gets, once he got pressure on him, he would fold as well. So I think um offensively, Bryce Young has to throw the ball, and 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 Alabama has to run the ball at the middle, strong, and then defensively, just make sure you get pressure on the on on the Georgia QB. Yeah, I, I agree with those takeaways. I think Alabama repeating as the national championship heavily and obviously pretty much is the key for any college game, but relies on the quarterback. And Bryce Young has to show why he won the Heisman Trophy this year. He still has to have a big game. Brian Robinson had an absolutely fantastic game against Cincinnati. He was their game plan, ran for over 200 yards, just absolutely moving that offense down the field, eating up a lot of clock. They can get him going again, which is going to be tough against that Georgia front seven. Didn't have a great game the last time they played. However, he was coming back from injury in that one. So I'm very curious to see what kind of push Alabama's line can get. But again, I think it's going to rely on Bryce Young. Jamison Williams is obviously going to be a first-round draft pick this year coming up, but I think the key also is going to be Ja'Cory Brooks or somebody else in that wide receiver course stepping up and having a big game as well. You can't just rely on Jamison Williams in, in this. I think Georgia's going to have him heavily covered. And then defensive side of the ball, Will Anderson is kind of playing possessed right now. He's that very unreal. Uh, that guy's unreal. He wasn't in the Heisman talks, which he had just as great of a year as some of the other defensive players that were in the Heisman talks. I think he's upset about it. He's playing like it. Comes coming off of two sacks against Cincinnati this last week. So I I like Will Anderson to have a big game here, get a lot of push and get that pressure on Stenson Bennett, which that again, that's a huge key to this. Like you touched on Michigan was not putting the pressure that we've seen Michigan do throughout the regular season. And I didn't understand. I didn't know. It made no sense why Michigan would, would why they played the way that they did. No, in any top team, whether that is high school, college, NFL, if you give the top team, if you give that quarterback time to throw the ball, they're more than likely nine times out of 10 going to succeed. They're an elite athlete. They're a highly recruited athlete. It's not pretty. You have to put pressure on it. And I think Alabama will with Will Anderson moving. Yeah. Will Anderson is going to break in the NFL. (laughs) He's scary. (laughs) Like I, I mean, we we've seen what we, we all season. We've seen what Mike Parsons has done, I think Will Anderson can be kind of like Mike Parsons 2.0. Maybe not as good initially because this is ridiculous what 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 Mike is doing. But but either way, I Will Anderson's gonna he needs to wreck shop uh, for for Alabama uh, to 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 have a chance at this game. So that brings my question over to you, Josh. What does Georgia have to do to win this game? Dot, dot, dot. I like what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) My key to this one is there's obviously two things with it, both on different sides of the ball. Georgia's defense has to show why they were the number one defense for pretty much the entire season in the college football. 
I mean, they absolutely, for lack of a better term, shit the bed against Alabama the last time. 41 points. They hadn't given up remotely close to that in any game at all throughout the season. So they need to do a better job of containing those wide receivers on the outside. Again, you had mentioned that uh, John Mechie is obviously out with the torn ACL, so it'll be a little bit easier. However, like we touched on with the Rose Bowl and some of the guys that were opting out, Alabama is one of the top programs in the country. They have five-star receivers and five-star players coming in at every position every year. So it's next man up mentality. Ja'Cory Brooks is no slouch freshman five-star. So it's not any, I mean, obviously it's not John Mechie, but they just need to do, yeah, they just need to show why they were the best in the country, get some pressure on him. Auburn did a great job of getting pressure on Bryce Young, and that's why Auburn was in the game for a good chunk of that for the Iron Pole. So the defense is a huge key. They need to pick it up from the SEC championship game. And then on the offensive side of the ball, Georgia needs to somewhat establish the run, get a little bit of that going, ease some pressure off of Stenson Bennett. And Stenson Bennett has to step up. This has to be the highlight of his career to date is this national championship game. Has to have a great performance. Brock Bowers, tight end freshman from Georgia, is coming on late in the season, having a monster year. Needs to show why he has had his breakout, start performing, get some national attention in the spotlight here. And then George Pickens. George Pickens is coming off of just a little bit of, uh, obviously he had his injury, Hadn't played a ton prior to that SEC championship game, but he is a wide receiver that prior to his injury, he's somebody that was talked about as a first-round talent this year, could sneak into that first round depending on how this game goes, how his combine goes. So he's a huge X factor for this one, and he needs to have a big game. What uh, what are your takeaways, so, Joe? So, so what, what kind of a role do you think that George Pickens is going to play in this game? Because his talent, he is, he is an NFL first-round talent, but he has been out for the majority of the season. Do you see him, I believe he had three, three receptions last game. Do you think that he ends up being a big time player in this game now that he's got again you know as as we've talked about dude he's got you know all all these this top six or top four everybody's got a month off do you see so pickens has an extra month to rest do you see him playing a big role in this because that could be a huge factor especially i mean he's their main he like if he's out there they then official Georgia has officially has a number one target. Yeah, I think that is a huge key. They need to get him involved. He had one catch for nine yards. That is not acceptable. I mean, you need to get him the ball due to his talent. And yeah, again, that's what Georgia needs to do. If they can't get the run game going, which again, Alabama is phenomenal at stopping the run they're also an elite defense they are every single year have a great offense but Georgia needs to have the x factor there and have George Pickens step up or Brock Bowers I mean again he's a tough defensive matchup being a tight end he's very athletic he's quick so it just kind of depends on that and yeah we'll see Georgia Again, they need to be mistake-free, whether that is on offense, not turning the ball over, no fumbles, defense has to have a pretty clean game, don't have any missed tackles, any big gains in regards to that, and special teams, just contain the guy, keep him (laughs) where he's not busting off big runs in the punt return, kick return game, anything like that. Just Georgia essentially... You can have maybe a turnover or two, but you pretty much have to keep it mistake-free. Nick Saban knows how to capitalize off those turnovers, and both these teams are familiar with themselves. Again, they faced each other in the SEC Championship, had a month off, kind of, I would think, looking ahead just a tad, knowing that this was probably inevitable. They were the two top teams in the country for a good chunk of the season, but who knows? Okay, so... Question for you then. Do you see if Stetson Bennett 
struggles in the first half. Do you see them bringing in JT Daniels? Because that's like like I I, I guess I guess I bring it back to the last time that these two teams were in the title game and Nick Saban made a and tough Jaylen call. <laughs> struggled and they and they threw in Tua. They they brought Tua in so. Alabama did. So do you do you see Georgia doing anything similar and bringing in JT Daniels? Now JT Daniels obviously I think we can hopefully all agree that he's not he's no Tua. <laughs> I mean, not not that Tua's anything special in the NFL, but he was a he's been a he was a sick college quarterback. And and he's a fine NFL QB. But do you see them potentially like if at half, let's say they're down as uh, seventeen to seven, and there hasn't been much movement on the Georgia on the Georgia offensive side? Do you see Kirby saying we got to switch it up? Let's bring in JT. I think at this point in time your pride can't get in the way and anything you can do to try and switch up some momentum is in play with this. If that is a QB switch, then yeah. I mean, outside of Alabama Clemson prior to this year, teams aren't making the national championship on a frequent basis. So you have to do anything you can to try and win this game. I mean, Kirby's trying to beat Nick Saban, his former head coach and boss. So it's, I think anything's on the table with it. So, yeah, if you're not getting enough from Stenson Bennett and he's struggling in the first half and you think maybe JT Daniels gives you a spark or can bring something different to the game plan and get you some points and get you back into the game, absolutely. I just I just, I, I just question if Kirby's got the balls to make the move. <laughs> that's the that's yeah. the thing. is like Because like, Kirby's not an offensive guy. He's he's you know yeah. his oh, he was 100%. defensive he was he was Saban's DC. Yep. So I wonder if Kirby's got the balls to say we need to do this or or or, or maybe not. I should I shouldn't question his balls. I should question him saying you know see, seeing if cuz cuz who says cuz who says that JD Daniels is even the better option? I mean he's been out all year. With with an injury, he he started out the year as the starting quarterback for Georgia, but was injured right away. So, and 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 ben, Bennett's been able to 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 make it through because Georgia is fucking loaded with talent, but so is Alabama. So it, it's it's kind of a weird toss up. I don't know. I I shouldn't I shouldn't be out here calling out uh, Kirby Smart and his balls, but. <laughs> I uh, I wonder if uh, I I just wonder if he's gonna be out there saying yeah we need a switch up or if he's gonna just say no let's roll with the same guy I I don't know De- I, I I think guys with defensive minds they're not as willing to make a switch up yeah the only thing I think Kirby does have going for him is. He saw firsthand in this situation a national championship what can happen if you make a quarterback change and go against what's gotten you there. And it won Nick Saban a national championship with Tua coming into the game, giving him a spark in the second half when Jalen Hurts just wasn't performing what they needed at the time. So maybe that helps Kirby Smart being in that game, seeing from experience what happened. Hard to game plan against it again two different quarterbacks in Jalen Hurts versus Tua, but it still throws a little bit of a wrench into the opponent's game plan, especially after halftime and never know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, Stetson Bennett versus JT Daniels, they kind of play, they, they play a pretty similar style of ball. You know, they're both just white guys that are pocket passers, like straight up. Yeah. And, I so I don't know like like with when when Tua came in, obviously they ran that offense through Jalen. It was a run heavy offense through Jalen. A lot and, of RPO and yeah, and 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 they still ran some RPO concepts with Tua because he did have 
that's how he ended up getting hurt in that in that Auburn game. But in that particular game, in that in that national championship game, it's like you know the that 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 running game or that that the threat of the run was kind of pulled away a little bit, and it became more of a passing game when Tua came in. So we'll we'll see we'll see. Absolutely. All right, before we get into our predictions, Joe, we've got some prop bets we want to go through with uh, the folks here listening to this fine podcast. We're going to skip over the first one that I have on who wins the game. We'll save that for the end for our predictions. However, I've got, I've got, yeah, save that for last. Yes. Uh, let's start it off. Well, the over-under right now on this game is 52 and a half points. Where, where do you think that line lies? Is that uh, an over or under for you? So I originally thought that this was a high line uh, because Alabama and Georgia are both studs defensively. But then I but then I looked back at a little bit of history and every game all the you know for the most part these whether it's a whether it's just a semifinal or a college football final they end up they tend to end up being like 35 to 28 type of games and that obviously would lead to the over so I would take the over in this game yeah, I think it's a good line with that. I I would side with the over as well on it. I think it's going to be more restrictive, a little bit closer of a game, more of a defensive battle in this one as opposed to the SEC championship game. But I, I still would take the over. I'm one that I hate watching a game and just cheering for teams to punt. Like, So I'm, I'm usually an over unless it's an absolutely ridiculous over-under. So I, I would lean more That's what makes over. you a fan. That's what makes, like, they say pro versus Joe. That's what makes you a Joe. Yes. <laughs> no. And I'm not uh, not usually a better, but I I don't know. I just, I think it's going to be Better, I hardly know her. <laughs> All right, Joe, you got one for me, or you want me to throw out my next one I got? All right, Bryce Young. Over, so right now, his line, this is, okay, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there. Over under 315 yards passing from Bryce. Ooh, man, that, <laughs> that's, I feel like a good line with that. I feel like in order, if Alabama's going to win, he's going to be over that. Um, pulling up prior, he threw for 421. Again, Georgia's defense just seemed off that day. I think they'll be a little bit better than that. But, again, if we're going <laughs> yeah, with the – they're going to have to be better than yeah, that. Yeah, and I don't – it's one of those two that I'm just – Georgia knew that they were locked into the playoffs, so I'm still one of those that I'm convinced they didn't show all the schemes that they wanted to to Alabama. I think they still have a few tricks up their sleeve as far as defense or offense. They didn't want to give it all away to them in the SEC championship game, but I think with that over-under, I I think I'd side with the over on that with Bryce Young. I think Georgia's front seven's dominant. Brian Robinson's going to have a tough time running the ball, so I think it's going to be on Bryce Young, and I I think he'd be over that. Yeah, I'm 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 actually gonna be I'm gonna take the under under three fifteen. Uh I I think that this is just that's a lot. That's a lot. And like three hundred and fifteen yards, that's a lot. So I think they're gonna like I said, I, I I haven't seen Bryce really with with no Mechie. I don't know how who are his, I mean, he's going to have, he's obviously got sweet targets outside of Mechie, but it, I, I don't think it's enough to get him to the point where he's at 315 because I think they are going to try to run the ball. So, okay. Um, I've got on the Alabama side, Brian Robinson. I, I actually, so I don't have the, I was not able to get, the live Vegas lines they they don't really have they didn't really have them up because 
nobody knows what this COVID shit is going to end up being. Uh, so th there's not too many lines out there, but so I ended up creating, well, this line myself, Brian Robinson running back for Alabama, 85 yards on the ground over under. Oh man. Rushing, not receiving count. Rush yards. Okay. Yeah. On the ground. Yeah. I got to go under Georgia's front sevens. Just dominant they shut him down that first game too granted he, again he was coming back from an injury but i just i don't see this being a running game on either side the quarterbacks are going to be the ones getting the yardage getting points on the board so i i don't like that over under i'd go under i, I I'm, I'm gonna take the i'm ready to take the under as well I, I don't i just i you know like i said i think this this that georgia front seven is too damn nasty. I, I I can't see I can't see Brian Robinson who is talented but he's not spectacular as a back. I can't see him doing a shitload of damage against that against that Georgia front seven. Yep. So I'm I'm gonna take the under as well. All right, I've got an over under somebody that's involved in the rushing game. Quite a bit for Georgia. Zamir White. I've got uh, 59 and a half rushing yards from Zamir White. Good God. Shit. <laughs> that's um, a tough line. I mean, that's <laughs> that, that's like a right on. <laughs> um I, I I think I'm gonna I'm I think I'm going to go with the under on this one. I I, I think that Alabama's basically the same thing that I said with Georgia. Alabama's front seven is ridiculous. You got Will Anderson, who's maybe the he that dude weighs a you know two thirty plus. Shit, he's probably two fifty plus, and he still seems like he's the fastest player on either side of, on either <laughs> right. of those teams. It's it's crazy. Nuts. So I'm 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 gonna take the under because. Because of that. No, I I agree completely. Like pretty much what I said with the Brian Robinson over under. I just I don't see both defenses front seven are fierce, vicious, and I just I don't see any of the teams running games getting going in this one, so I I don't like it either. I'd take the take the under. My I, I've got one final just Alabama. Oh, I, I, I do have one more after this. Uh, but but game wise, I've got one final prop. Uh, Jameson Williams obviously just went off. Over under. Just gonna keep this one simple. Ninety five yards. You couldn't go a hundred. Make it really simple. No. <laughs> you want a hundred? Okay, let's make it under Jameson Williams. A hundred yards. I would say over. If Alabama's winning the game, wow. I okay. he's their guy. Stars show up in big games, and yeah, I mean, and all it takes is a big touchdown, which we've seen Alabama numerous times this year, past years, forever. It seems like have huge plays in national championship games. Jamison Williams without John Mechie there, big play guy. Yeah, I I see a hundred yards. I'm gonna take the over as well for pretty much the exact same reasoning that you said. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, we, we saw when it was Jamar Chase at LSU, between Jamar Chase having his big days, and uh, it, it's... Some, somebody has to... A lot of, a lot of these big-time games comes down to... They can come down to one of these one really big play... And so, yeah, I mean, I'd say Jamison Williams has the best shot to make that one really big play, one really downfield play. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to take the over as well. All right, Joe, hit me with your last one, and then I will throw it back to you for kick off our predictions and get this uh, college football playoff preview closed out. All right. On camera. <laughs> Ooh. This is fun. <laughs> Nick Saban shows one genuine 
smile <laughs> during the during, game. Okay, during. During the game. Oh, over man. under at a half. It's so hard to tell if it's genuine with him. That's the that's the huge <laughs> key. Like 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 if one genuine smile during the game. That's all it is. I'll say yeah. I think he's at the point where he just appreciates being there at this point and knows how crazy his run has been at Alabama and how awesome it's been. So I would say I'd say one. He seems like somebody now that really appreciates the moment, which you respect with somebody that is as high stature and great of a coach as he is that doesn't necessarily take anything for granted anymore. So I'd I'd say yeah. I'll I'll take the over on that. I'm going to take the over. I think he's going to have one as well. <laughs> one smile. Uh, what, what an accomplishment <laughs> for you, Saban. You smiled today. Right. That would be amazing if that was the, if that was like the, pro, the, the post game, you know, opener. Saban, uh, hey, you know, uh, LaFor, uh, Ali LaForce walks up and says, hey, Nick, we noticed that you smiled today. You know, how do you really feel about the game? Uh, <laughs> no, he, but but he does genuinely seem, like, less angry or just less, like, ornery in general. So I'll take the over on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joe. It's the time all of our listeners have been waiting for. Give us your national championship game prediction. So... Right now, over-under is Georgia minus three. I have money on Alabama. Money line, straight up, Alabama winning this game as an underdog. I cannot, I can't bet, I, I can't not take Nick Saban. That's what this really comes down. I, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to pick against the Heisman Trophy winner and Nick Saban? For me, that's crazy. So, Alabama was a pretty easy choice for me straight up regard regardless of that spread, regardless of Georgia being that 3-point favorite. I like I said, I already got money on I already got money on uh on Alabama straight up. So, have a score prediction at all? I, I, it, it, oh, uh, 38-28 Alabama. All right. I know how hard it is to go against Nick Saban. I mean, it's outside of his first season when he got to Alabama. He's been an underdog under one handful of times, very rarely. And every time he has been an underdog, he's won by double-digit points. So he's somebody that takes that and throws that and slaps that up on the bulletin board and uses that for material motivation. I just... Are you a material girl? (laughs) No, no, I'm not a material girl. No, I'm a material girl. Oh. I think this is the first time he's going to lose as an underdog. I am picking Georgia. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be one of the better national championships games we've seen. I think Alabama's going to have the ball tied up, going to be going for it to not give the ball back to Georgia late in the game. Georgia's front seven is going to get a big stop on fourth down, pick up a few yards. And my man, Jack Podlesny, is going to kick the game-winning field goal for a final score of 31-28, giving the dogs the championship. Did he only go there because of four eyes? (laughs) little rodrigo blankenship action blankenship (laughs) you sunk my battleship (laughs) (laughs) no it's no i i I don't know i i i i I get where you're in i get where you're coming from i i think that georgia is like all season long georgia obviously had been the better team other than the sec championship I don't, I just, after seeing that game, I don't know how he, I can't see myself after watching that game, like 
find myself thinking that Georgia is the better team. Yeah, I, they got on a roll against Michigan, though. Their offense was clicking. Defense showed back up with it. My biggest thing with it, again, Georgia was locked into that playoff when they went into that SEC championship game. I just think Kirby Smart's got a few tricks up his sleeve, whether that's a trick play, a couple defensive formations that's going to throw at Bryce Young that he may not have seen yet. Again, Kirby Smart's a great defensive coach, defensive-minded coach. I just, I don't know. I just think that there's going to be a couple of different schemes and different things that Alabama hasn't seen yet this year that could be a difference maker in the game. We'll see. I, 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 don't agree with you, <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah. No, we'll see. It, I just, like I said, I just hope it's a close game, a good game. I just, I don't want to see a national championship like the last two years where it's over at halftime and you can just shut it off. And I want to see a competitive battle going into the fourth quarter. Which this, this should be. I would think yeah. so. All right, completely flipping gears here and transitioning over to golf. Had the conclusion of the Century Tournament of Champions today at Kapalua in Hawaii at the Plantation Course. Quite the epic tournament. Had quite a few guys making some moves on moving weekend and moving day. Justin Thomas, John Rahm, both shot 12 under on Saturday to get back into contention. John Rahm coming right down to the wire. Cameron Smith, leader from front to end in this one. Just the wire-to-wire leader. Won here two years ago in 2020. Kicked off his season, kind of his run into where he's at nowadays. Tournament today was pretty epic. Had pretty much down to two guys. Matt Jones ended up with a solid day. Shot 12 under. Ooh, Matt Jones. Ooh, Matt Jones. <laughs> shot 12 under day of 61 to get to 32 under par. Yes, 32 under par for a tournament. <laughs> Insane. This is, just, this is just silly. And it wasn't good <laughs> enough to win because <laughs> both Cameron Smith and John Rahm on the final hole, John Rahm was down by one stroke. Both ended up just off of the green on the fringe putting for eagle. Both putted, left it just a little bit short. John Rahm had a tap in for birdie to tie for the lead at minus 33. Cam Smith with about a five to six foot putt for birdie drains it to win it minus 34. So quite the epic tournament to kick it off gel. I know I didn't get to watch as much of it as I would have liked to this weekend, but it's one of the like iconic best courses to kick off the official calendar gear of the well, golf it's, it's, season. It's, it's and in just, Hawaii. Just, yeah. I mean, the course, is, Hawaii, the course on the coast, is absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous views of the Pacific Ocean in the background. I mean, 18, it's tee off downhill, just all Pacific in the background. It's just beautiful. And being up in Wisconsin, snow on the ground, it just, it always kicks off where I'm like, man, is it golf season yet? Like this is, this is the start of it all. Well, that's that's the best part about living down here, down in Texas, down in, in in Dallas is me. So the you know me, the people that I went out with uh, last night, we were talking about. Hey, we need to make sure we need to start schedule. We need to uh, schedule like a foursome out here. Pretty badass to be able to do that in January. Jealous, but. <laughs> Hey, that's your but name. No. Dude, dude, okay, so so I mean, Cam Smith is nothing to be like mess with. This dude, he came on the scene, uh I don't remember which first major it was. Uh when he when when I first, you know, when we when his name was up in the leaderboard the entire time. But he's his name has never left that top 10 or at least as like a, a threat for the top 10 since he really got hot or like he got hot and he stayed hot and that's aka that's a fucking good golfer man so yeah i'm I, cam smith man that's that's nothing to be he isn't he's gonna be here and he's here to stay and he's young yeah 
and he has arguably one of the best mullets and dirtiest stashes in all of golf. <laughs> he has definitely got that that dirty dirty action going on. Yes, and of course, I mean, John Rahm is just pretty much a staple in the top five at any tournament that he shows up at, which is just insane. I mean, it's you look back to when I was growing up watching golf, and it was it was Tiger Woods just pretty much dominating every tournament that he showed up to, and now it's. You've got a handful of guys that, yeah, they're in the top five, but it, golf is just so competitive, so much fun to watch every week, and it's exciting just to see who ends up coming out on top every Sunday. Well, it's it, t- Tiger's the start of this entire go, yes. movement of 100%. golf. Because you're seeing all the golfers now that were watching him growing up wanting to be Tiger now on exactly. the PGA Tour. Yep. And, 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 it, and it's global. It's not just guys, you know, in the U.S. It's it's it is Cam Smith out of Australia. It's it's Rom. It's it's it is guys in the United States. It's it's Rory out of you know out there in Europe. So you know across the pond, as they say. So it's global, and yeah, it was a global game before, but it was a lot of guys with beer bellies that were. yeah hitting balls 200 or 300 yards and then tiger comes in and he's hitting balls 350s hitting balls three you know plus and and now now you got now you got bryson driving that that whole fucking lake that he in uh at the end of uh last season so (laughs) yeah that's 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 all tiger that's all tiger yep all right, before we close it out, again, it's the end of the tournament, so just wanted to update everybody. We have a new event that we're going through. We're going to pick each a golfer one apiece for each tournament. Can't pick the same golfer twice throughout the season. Can't pick the same golfer as the opponent for that week. So Jealous picked Patrick Reed, who had a fantastic minus 20 this week. So, Jell, you are currently at minus 20 on the season. I picked Sunjay M., had just a little bit better of a day. I know Patrick Reed had a rough start that first round gel, but brutal, brutal first day. Definitely uh, brutal. <laughs> he fought back though and got you right back into it. I have a yep. four shot lead right now at minus twenty four. So when we come back with you later on this week, we'll have our picks for the next tournament. I believe it is the Sony Open, unless Sony somehow changed or backed out of their sponsorship nope sony open in hawaii so (laughs) it's been the sony forever so it's at the wailea country club but just wanted to double check on that one i would imagine sony's doing just fine with the revenue can't still can't get a ps5 i don't think they're gonna be running out of money anytime soon no especially when ps5s have been on back order radio shack okay (laughs) right (laughs) so we'll be back later in the week with our picks there otherwise we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Search us in that search bar on Facebook, Dead Arm Sports. Be the first thing that pops up. Subscribe there. We can be uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. It'll notify you when our podcast releases. Screenshot that review. Send it to us via DM. We'll get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. And, of course, Write in any questions, comments, concerns that you have about the podcast. Any sports questions you have, more than happy to dive into those, give you our take on the podcast. Otherwise, Joe, where can they listen to us at? I actually am going to throw something at you, Josh. Ooh, okay. What do you think about this? You got Georgia. I got Bama. Want to do it? Beer chug? It. I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it, I'm in. All right, that's what he All said. Right. So, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck it, I'm in. <laughs> oh, good stuff for uh, for all all the listeners out there. Um, moving on to <laughs> our listening platforms, Anchor dot fm. That is our listening platform. Or that's the platform that we use. That's that's where I go and do my own editing work your magic for this to be i <laughs> work my magic for again for the ladies out there mm. <laughs> uh that was so creepy god so creepy <laughs> clip that out we'll use it again 
I probably will. <laughs> uh, Anchor.fm, Anchor app. Uh, they also, Anchor also allows us to send out this podcast for free. For free. For free. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google Pods. Make sure on whatever your chosen listening platform is, you subscribe, rate, and review. Take a screenshot of that review. If you honestly, like seriously, honestly, if you review it and just put a one star, we'll still send you swag. As long as you take a screenshot of that review, send it to us on our uh, social media platforms, whether that's Twitter or Instagram at Dead Arm Sports, or on Facebook just by searching Dead Arm Sports. Preferably, though, give us a little bit higher rating. But again, five stars is better. Five stars is better than one. So, <laughs> just just thought, yes. just thought I'd throw that out there. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Again, this was recorded on Monday. We will be back with you tomorrow to break down all the fun and exciting NFL news over the weekend. Give you some live takes on the playoff picture, some other fun, uh, interesting tidbits, coaching changes, and. A lot of goodies, so tune in tomorrow. Otherwise, Gel, close us out. Chop, chop, lollipop.